Hi, my name is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have the greatest job in the world. I work at the video store, the one just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. Why I love this job so much is that when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and TV shows all day long and talk about them with my friends that work here. Today on the show, you're going to meet a new co-worker. Her name is Marigold. She is as cool as her name. <laughs> uh, she is our events manager here at the Bioscope. For those who, who don't know, um, my main role and responsibility is owning and managing the Bioscope, which is an independent cinema here in Johannesburg, and uh, she's our events manager. And she was hired because she's great and competent and very cool and perfect, um, having done a lot of other things like managing in bars. And um, so she was the perfect choice for the cinema, um, but I really knew I'd made the right call when um, we started talking more and more as we got to know each other and I realized that um, she's got this extensive wish list of films that she needs to watch and when I saw the caliber of that list which you'll see we talk about in at the start of the conversation um, I knew that she was the right person for the for the cinema um, but as we obviously got going with the video store it made perfect sense that she be another person that work here at the video store so Without further ado, this is me doing a shift with Marigold. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? How's it? Hello. <laughs> I think you're just gonna make sure you're relatively close. Um, this is your first day at work. Yes. At at the video store. Happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you you work with us at the Bioscope. Yes. And that's obviously how I got to know you. And you were doing such an amazing job with us at the Bioscope. It felt only right to uh, to bring you in as a regular person who can help work at the video store. I think it's safe to say the clincher for me personally was when you shared your 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 wish list, your like film list, right? Mm -hmm. How are you doing on that list? Um, I must be honest, I have not actually gone through it like at all recently. Okay. Um, <laughs> meaning to, it's just it's a very long list, as you know. It's an it's extensive like <laughs> list, and you've got some, and you've got some really incredible films. It's mostly a film list, hey. It's not a TV mm. show list. There's also a lot of documentaries on there. Okay. Yeah. And and when I saw the caliber of that list, mm. it, it excited me, and I sort of knew I'd hired the right person. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> the irony here is that I keep you relatively busy, at least in the evenings. Mm. So you might not have too much time. No. What is your What is your general setup in terms of how you watch, what you watch, when you watch stuff? Um, I mean, I often, lately, I've been listening to a lot more podcasts than watching stuff because it's just, by the time I get home, it's like I don't really have enough energy to actually commit to a whole movie. Yeah. Um, so. But podcast is cool. And I actually yeah. want us on the video store to talk about podcasts yeah. as well. It sort of, it goes hand in hand with, with sort of everything. It's just like the content that's out there 
and what we can talk about. What what podcasts are exciting you right now? Um, I've been listening to a lot of tattoo podcasts. Um, okay. Yes. So you, you <laughs> spend the majority of your days um, doing tattooing. Yes. You were an apprentice when I first met you, but you now you've been given the gun. You've been <laughs> handed the gun, right? Yes. Um, I've, I'm still an apprentice, um, but for a little while longer, and then I'll be promoted to junior artist, and then from there, full-time artist. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's my, my day-to-day. It's just and how's it going? I see you've got a little thing on your hand. It's going well. Yeah, some injuries from working in the bar. Oh, okay. But it's yeah. exacerbated by holding the tattoo exactly, gun. Exactly, exactly. So this is my stretching hand. Um, my, the hand that I use for the machine is completely fine, but this... And it's crucial to stretch the skin properly, otherwise the ink doesn't... Okay, I was about to say, yeah. what is a stretching hand? So you have your one hand where you stretch the skin, and then you have your other hand where you're holding the machine. And if you don't stretch the skin properly, then the needle is not going to go in properly. Oh, yeah. wow. I had no idea. But it's hard. It's hard to stretch. Like, keep that like skin fully stretched out. It's bloody difficult. Okay. Yeah. Do you know that I have a tattoo endorsement? Yeah. <laughs> but you know me, I have like zero tattoos on me. Um, uh, years ago, mm. the guys at Fallen Heroes were were open to giving members of Short Straw tattoos. Right. <laughs> and so out of the five of us, two are like tattooed, mm. like proper. Yeah. And the other three don't have a stitch on us. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why. Mm. I think for me personally, my skin is, is a little pasty and freckly and it's a little fine. hairy yeah. and like, I don't know for me it's like I don't know I'm not I'm not a like I'm not a like a take your shirt off at the beach kind of guy mm. do you know like that's I don't I don't show my skin as a like a default yes like I hear you quite happy to just have clothes cover them I hear you I hear you <laughs> but if you change your mind then I've got a person you know you know um, okay so the tattoo Podcasts are obviously quite specific. Yes, yeah. But for anyone kind of interested in tattooing, you recommend them. I mean, is there one in particular that you... There's one called Aftercare, and I would recommend that to other people in the industry. Um, and it's basically about self-help. They don't have many episodes, but the episodes that I have listened to... Um, self-help? Self-help in tattooing, because it's, it's quite a hectic job. It's a lot of dedication and a lot of sacrifices that you have to make to be in the industry. You don't get a lot of free time apart from working because even when you finish working, you're still designing and you're still, you know, having to paint your own flash. And it's, yeah, it's about self-care in the industry and trying to deal with, because it's it can also be very emotional as well because a lot of people are opening up about, you know, they're getting a memorial piece and you kind of have to be a therapist oh, in wow. a way, yeah. you it's know. A little, bit, a little <laughs> like, bit, it's funny how those industries, you become something else. It's a little bit like a hairdresser, like yeah. a good hairdresser. Yeah. Um, you sometimes have to sort of be a good uh, good psychologist. Yes, <laughs> this is the thing. It's oh, like, wild. It's I super thought, draining, yeah. I never thought about that. But speaking about work and mental mm. health, yeah. I just finished the first season of Severance. Severance? I haven't I don't know, know about it. Do you know anything about Tell it? Tell me about it. Well, this is what's a bit alienating is that mm. unless you have Apple TV Plus mm. or you do a little chip off the internet, um, you might not have heard of these shows. But it's it's just like the Emmy nominations have just come out. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch have gone to Yellow Jackets, which is a show we've spoken a lot about, mm. which is on Showmax, but a whole bunch have gone to Severance. Okay, Severance 
is um, it's got Adam Scott, who was in Parks and Recreation, and Big Little Lies. And, do you know who I'm talking about? Short, dark hair. I think so. Guy. Yeah. He was in Party Party Down, which was that cool little indie TV show with a whole bunch of people that went on to be famous. Um, it's it's made by Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. So like Ben Stiller's making a TV show. Okay. Which is crazy. He's directing <laughs> a bunch. So it's got comical elements in it, but it's actually quite a strange drama. I think you'd really like it. Okay, Severance. Severance. So the point of it is we live in this kind of world near future or kind of now where a procedure exists for people to have a chip planted in their brain that will completely separate them from work Mm -hmm. and from home. And so if you then work on one of these severed floors Mm -hmm. of this thing, the moment you go down the the elevator, you change Mm -hmm. into your work person. Mm -hmm. And in the show, it's only like eight episodes, um, a culture is now growing around this. There's a huge debate in the politics about whether or not severance is is good or bad and there's people that are for it because obviously you can use it for certain things, not just work. You can live another life Mm. as you're completely separated. So the moment you, um, and the TV show does this really well, the moment you start your severed life, it's it's like you're a day old. Mm. You don't know who you are. You don't know what your name is. Mm -hmm. You don't know anything. And you know nothing about your outie. That's mm-hmm. what they call the, the version of you in the outside world. Your innie and your outie. The belly button. <laughs> and, yeah, like a belly button. Um, and, and so you, you'd appreciate this. You'd mm. appreciate how a show that is trying to play with your brain like this plays with the audience's brain. So it's the mm. same as like The Prestige, the movie with, about magicians with um, – Christian Bale yes, and yes. like it's about the process of a magic show mm-hmm. so the movie itself is a magic show mm-hmm. do you know what I mean you mm-hmm. get the reveal you get tricked you get yes, yes. so so you as the audience member are just as clueless about what these people do outside and inside and obviously you know the main characters inside and outside they don't quite know what they do in this job mm-hmm. it's quite cryptic and I don't want to give too much away cool. Outside, obviously, they've got no idea what they do. And this oh, this TV show is magical. Okay. Ooh. I'll definitely check it out. And it's, and, and it's one of those things where finished it last night, perhaps a little too late in the night. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether you, if you don't leave enough gap, like sometimes okay. you <laughs> penetrates into your sleep while you're yes, trying to fall asleep. 100%, 100%. And like, I was thinking about this. I was sort of having these kind of weird severance dreams because mm-hmm. it plays with your mind. And um, that's what we've long since said is a good measure of whether or not something is good, yeah. like a TV show or a movie. Yeah. It, it, it leaves you changed. Mm. Something's different. You're angrier or happier or yes. lighter or excited. Or, and so, oh. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. It's like to be left with something afterwards. Yeah. Then you've done a good job. You know? I had the, speaking of like watching something very late in the evening, um, I watched Alice in Borderland. I don't know if you've seen that. Alice in Borderland. Yes, so it's... I think Gad mentioned that. Mm. Okay, what is that again? It's it's kind of like a... It's oh, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So it's based off of a, off of a manga. Um, mm. And it's live action, though. Um, and it's basically... It's like they get put into this game world. And they have, like, different levels. But someone always has to die at the end of it. 
So all these like different games, and I sat there in well, one night. a little night. bit like a sort of squid game in the sense that are they kind trapped of. somewhere? So they're in Tokyo, I think, if I'm if I can remember correctly, they're in Tokyo. And is it Japanese? Japanese, people? yeah. And they they kind of they they're in this like train station, and then they get teleported into this alternate universe where nobody's there, and they have to go to these different like game spots and play a game, and then somebody dies in the end. Yeah. <laughs> in real life, so yes. like. Okay, so they die so, within yeah. the game and then they die. But they in real die life. in real life, yeah. Japanese and it's area. insane. Like I, I watched that whole thing in one night. It was like I it's could not stop. It's a TV stop. show. TV so show, it's in yeah. A bunch of things. And it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Gad, Gad mentioned it. It's so crazy. It's so good. But <laughs> wow, Alice mm. in Borderland. Alice in Borderland. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a movie that kept we, me up all we, night. <laughs> and that's a strange. I mean, does, the na- does the name of the TV show make sense when you watch it? Or is it still as kind of weirdly badly translated? Well, kind of. Um, I think it is. I think it's weirdly (laughs) translated because because that was the funniest game we played whenever we went to Japan as short straw. Yeah, the live music venues would be like covered in posters for obviously other live music shows, Mm -hmm. and we would try and we'd play the game of like who could spot the weirdest band name because it was like this weird culture where these bands would sing in Japanese. Mm. So they can't they can't really exist anywhere outside of Japan. Yeah. The few that sing in English obviously could be more famous and yeah. we see that around the world. But they would have English names mm-hmm. as a sort of sign of, I don't know, being better bands or being yeah. more global bands. But they'd be singing in Japanese. Yeah. But these band names, I'm trying to think offhand. The funniest one was called The Garden of Chicken Cokes. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> the Garden of Chicken Cokes. Yeah. It, it makes absolutely no sense. I would no definitely sense. listen to that I would, I would totally listen to that. Um, I'm trying to say if any other if any other good ones. Oh, uh, there's, there's one which is makes a little more sense, but it's still strange. There's a band called The Massive Fermenting Dregs. The massive fermenting dregs. 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 Like dregs. Yeah. The dregs of something, I guess. Makes okay. No <laughs> Sounds but like fancy beautiful <laughs> album art. And like, I think that band's quite established. Mm. Massive fermenting dregs. Wow. It's lovely. It's lovely. I love <laughs> wow. it. I love, I love Japan so much. Um, okay. So, okay. Alice in the Alice in Borderland. Borderland. Yeah. I mean, it's such a strange name. It I is. Mean, yeah. Like, it's going to, people are going to struggle to remember it. Um, I then, also on Apple TV Plus, watched a movie I think you'd also really appreciate called um, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Okay. And and it's, it's, a, it's a delightful little, like, small indie movie. Mm-hmm. When, and and, and it's, it's all about one guy and it's kind of a coming of age. And he's in his young, early 20s, and I forget his name, and I'm going to have to put this in the cash up, but he wrote and directed the movie. So he wrote and directed and starred in this movie. And he's tr- he's finishing, he's finished high school, he's wanted to go off to college, but he can't figure his life out. And he finds himself doing this part-time job as like a party starter at bar mitzvahs, okay. at bat mitzvahs, yes. and how he can like... Because he does it, he does a really. It's one of those things. He does a really good job at one, and all the all the moms are like, 
this guy. We're now going to hire yeah. him. So for the summer, he does everyone's bar mitzvahs. Because obviously within the space of a year, like everyone turns 13. Mm. And it's so charming. And he then gets involved in the in a sort of almost like this kind of relationship with the one mom who's played by Dakota Johnson from mm -hmm. Fifty Shades. Yeah. And ah, oh, it's just like you you just would love this movie because it's so real mm. and the, and it's just so well acted in these like beautiful little moments, this beautiful little writing mm. as as they clearly have something going on but they can't but she's also getting married. Mm. And you can but it, it's 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 one of those amazing movies where it's just so simple and so clear. And like from the first two minutes, mm. like you understand exactly what's going on. It was a flashback of him when he was younger and he f he's fallen in love with someone who's also the party starter of, of, of this bar mitzvah that he's at. And so you immediately know like this guy falls in love. He's yes. emotional and he yes. just wants to love. And like, then obviously now he's grown up and it's just such a charming movie. And, and, I often look at those kinds of movies and go, anyone could have made that anywhere. Mm. Like that, that could have been a South African film because we have bar mitzvahs here. Yes. We have high school and go off to college. Yes. We have crushes. Yes. <laughs> people like I often look at that and I think like these small little movies mm. and it's just made true and honest and real. Mm. And he's acting in a, in a real way. He's not, act, he's not, he's not trying to, act out these dramatic scenes you, yeah. you know what i'm talking about yeah. where they sort of it's like it's a mumbly humor they like yes. it's, it's how we really talk yes you know and these moments yeah. are like awkward in real life and oh, it's just done so well mm. i love it uh, so is it, is it kind of awkward would you say yeah like, yeah it's, it's awkward in a good way like yes but, but that's he, almost comfort comforting yeah like because he would immediately address that it's awkward yes. or make a joke yes. and he'd say so it'd be funny so maybe it would be like we don't. We're not always that witty in real life, mm. but in this universe, it makes perfect sense, and it's so charming and so loving. And ah, I, I loved it. It's got Leslie Mann mm -hmm. is in it. She plays his mom, so he, he he. It's amazing. He made this movie. This this guy he he he, which I'm going to give a name to, at the end of the episode. Um, he did this whole like big budget, well, relatively big budget movie at 24. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. He wrote, Crazy. directed, and made yeah. this movie, this guy. Um, and he's friends with Dakota Johnson in real life, so mm. he got her to be in the movie. And, like, it's amazing how these things mm. come together. And you just, like, you just look at that and you go, like, it's so possible yes. for any of us to, to, to go. We just got to keep going and try and yeah. hustle. But anyone could have made this movie. That's what I mean. It's mm. so exciting when you see that. And I think that's also why, you know, the Bioscope is such a beautiful space is because you do have a lot of, like, independent filmmakers that come to you and they're like hey can I please screen my movie and it's it's beautiful it's bloody beautiful it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know having the parents like be super proud and everyone's crying and everyone's happy and it's like it's possible you know you did it yeah. and that's a it's a beautiful thing to have a space like that you know cool I mean I, I think we could also use this time to chat more about the bicycle mm. because you and I I think as we got you involved as the events manager part of the reason was so that I didn't have to physically be there. So <laughs> yes. from the get-go, I was like, we're going to probably be a little passing ships in the yes, night yes, yes, for the most part. So it's always cool to to catch up with you and chat about also the other job, the bioscope yes. and what you yes. do there. Um, and you've also asked at some point for me to give you a bit more of a history and a background to yes. the bioscope, which we can slowly, I can slowly start 
giving you more and more of. But on this particular note, mm. when we first started for the first few years, it was really interesting that the idea of the of a video functionality on like a Canon camera didn't mm. exist. Mm. So to have a video camera was a whole nother beast mm. and it was quite expensive and it was quite a thing that even me who kind of went to film school could be making more movies. Like I wouldn't necessarily be able to afford one of those. Yeah. And um, so for the first few years of the Bioscope, we never really had any filmmaker approach us with the film to screen mm. as a filmmaker it, sort of ever that we didn't know. So we were only screening the movies that came through the festivals with mm. the filmmakers we'd heard of and knew of. Yeah. And I'll never forget one guy, Willem, this Afrikaans dude, Willem van der Heerwe, just being like, hi, I'm a filmmaker and I want to, can I screen my movies at the Bioscope? And we were like, we don't know this kid. Mm-hmm. But we looked at him and we saw that he'd made a bunch of short films. He'd gone to festivals and we like sort of went out on a limb a bit to be like, okay, well, we can do something together. Mm-hmm. And it was the start of that. And so for years onwards, once those cameras were more accessible, mm. it was amazing to see like the whole economy change where now almost sort of every second event is a filmmaker who yeah. I've never heard of who's made a film and is screening it here at the Bioscope. We do like a private screening. Mm. Um, if we're going to release it, that's another story. But it was just so strange to sort of have that happen for the first time yes. and be like, this is weird. We don't know the guy. We don't Thanks know this them. filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. And you look back on it now and you're like, that's so crazy to think that that was strange because now that happens all the time. All the time, yeah. And for different things. And I think one of the coolest things about the Bioscope is how different people use the space because it completely transforms depending on who's hiding out for that moment. Like, yeah, or, or who, or yeah, or what event is, yeah. is happening. Like, it's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> like, we had a guy um, who, who had a short eight-minute fashion film that he was showing it was him like traveling the world and you know showing off his outfits but uh, is that, is that what it was about I yeah you're telling me yeah. Okay, yeah but yeah. he had turned the bioscope into an airport which was quite cool so the entrances were like departure and arrival and there was even like a tv screen with the different flights and everyone had to check in and bring their passports and it was quite cute how that is cool because, changed the space. because sometimes those things don't necessarily come out through the email conversation mm. like he didn't explain <laughs> any of that until he arrived it was like this is my concept and yeah like, oh wow okay yeah. and i'm glad that it was it worked out yeah uh, and that it was easy enough um yeah saturday night this last saturday ross um, um, Learmonth, the singer of Prime Circle, did this great little intimate mm. show, and and it was sold out, and it was just, it's just so great to just hear live music in a shared yes. space and yes. in, in an intimate way, and that's what's, that's what I think will always be the Bioscope's charm. I I don't know whether if someone said, can you redo it and make it a 200, 300 seater, mm. whether it would be the same. I I think it's beautiful the fact that it's intimate, like yeah. you're saying. Like I think having the space small is special, you know, and it's, it's closer. It's like, it's not like Ross was like far yeah. away and I'm kind of reaching for him and you have yeah. to like make sure. Cause then I feel like we'd have to have like tickets that were like, okay, this is front row and yeah. we pay this much for this. And it's Can kind I tell of cool. It's such <laughs> you know? a cool story. Yeah. Um, Billy Joel okay. apparently doesn't sell the first two rows of every concert that he plays. Okay. Because he found that it was only going to like super wealthy 
folks that just didn't care. They were just wealthy, so they wanted to be there in the front. Yeah. And then he gets his road crew to go up into the like nosebleeds at the back and find and the biggest them. diehard fans and bring them to the Cute. front. How lovely. <laughs> That's lovely. It's such a great story. When I heard well that, done, I was Billy like, <laughs> Billy, I don't even like, I'm not even that much of a Billy Joel fan, either, but, but I like that. Wholesome. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. No, and it's been lovely to 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 have this the the break that we had mm. when when we were moving the bioscope from Mabuneng to Forty Four Stanley. It was lovely to kind of reinvigorate it. It was lovely to take a moment to look back on because it was pretty much at ten years. It was pretty mm. much at the ten year mark mm. when the move took place, and it was amazing to just think of ten years of. That's of crazy. The cinema. A decade. And a decade. That's yeah, amazing. The, mo- the, moment it, the moment it became 10 years, <laughs> I, I made a point to call it a decade. Yes. We've been around for the last decade. That's great. Because it, just, it sounds so much older than 10 years. Yes. People can't comprehend 10 years. No. Um, but no, it's, uh, I must say, there's moments when we sort of pinch ourselves and realize what what we've created mm. and what we do here is this little 47 seater cinema mm. um we've done bigger other events outside of the cinema one of which um we did a bunch of outdoor stuff mm. um on rooftops and one of the most ambitious ones we ever did was as part of a valentine's day we screened when harry met sally on the edge of the zoo lake um the lake yeah and cool. people were on boats. Oh, amazing. Watching the that's, movie that's from very boats. Cool. That's very and it was cool. one of those where it's like, I really hope like 40 minutes, an hour into this movie, like it's just as charming. Yeah. Or, or has <laughs> your boat not like drifted away? Oh, yeah. but, but the weather was perfect. The mm. water was still, people loved it. And I was like, this is so, this is awesome. I Cute. can't believe we've pulled this off. <laughs> um, we once closed down a street in Mabuneng and screened, um, I'm going to have to forget, I forget what we screened. But it was a South African like action crime film. Yeah, it'll come to me. Um, it was, I think it was How to Steal Two Million, or it could have been another in number number. I think it was in number number. And um, when we'd finished stressing about all the bean bags and everything, yeah. the guy I started the cinema with, Daryl, I sort of was like, dude, just stop for a second. Just look. Look at this. Look at what we've done. Like, we've done this. Look at that magic. We've closed down, we've closed down a street. Like, there was There was a thing awesome that I... This? There's a poster in the, in the bar area of the bioscope. Yes. Of... I can't remember what, it, what it's called, but you did that... You, you know that DIY movie thing? Yeah, yeah. I was a part of that. I did... I made my own movie there. Yeah. Oh, the home, the home movie factory. <laughs> yes, I made, I made a movie. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I think I still have it on, on a disc somewhere. And the audio cut out, though. So it's a silent movie. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, oh, yeah, another little thing which I'll explain to you about Video Store is that the moment you want to explain something, yes. the TV show or a movie or whatever, we've got a term called the back of the box. Yes. So we'll say the quick back on the box, back of the boxes. So it's like as if you were removing it from a video store yes, shelf. Yes. Like, what would it say at the back? Yes. Okay, so what you are talking about <laughs> is you are talking about the home movie factory, which is arguably one of the highlights of our Bioscope career, yes. which was um, there was a which was an exhibition that happened mm. in 2012. Mm. Uh, it ran for about three or four months. And what it was was there was this amazing 
season, the French South African season, where for the year of 2012, there was this joint money between French companies and South African companies and governments, mm. where there would be a focus of French culture and activity in South Africa. And in the next year, it would be South Africa in France. Mm. And one of the projects that was proposed by our good friend who worked at the French Institute, because we've done film screenings and smaller stuff with them, is he said, do you guys know about the Home Movie Factory, which is this exhibition that was created by Michel Gondry. Mm. Michel Gondry, who you either know and absolutely adore or you've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. But I knew and absolutely adored Michel Gondry. He, he made a bunch of famous music videos, mm. the most famous of which is Daft Punk, Around the World, yeah. uh, Chemical Brothers, Bjork, Foo Fighters, White Stripes, mm. then went on to make movies. He made Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes. Um, Science of Sleep, which is amazing. But he made that film Be Kind Rewind, yes. which was Jack Black and One of my favorite deaf, movies. Most Deaf at the time. And it was about the movie, this movie, Be Kind Rewind, was about them having to sort of remake it's movies. So good. So good. <laughs> so that, this, in this kind of DIY fashion, mm. we don't have to get too much into that. So he created the Home Movie Factory, mm. which. Um, is this exhibition where over the course of about three hours, you and a small group move through the factory and you make a film. Mm. So there's sets of yeah. like a bedroom, a bathroom, a kitchen, a living room, a police station. I remember there was also like a and, drafting room as well where you could yeah. conceptualize your movie. Yeah, so you have to come up with your idea yeah. first and then you go out and you make this movie. And everyone has a little role to play, like you have to have the cameraman. And <laughs> so that's amazing. So, so, so you were a part of this I was part of and that, you yeah. made your movie. And what was lovely is that the point of it was never to make an incredible, amazing film. It I had think to be. Ours was incredible. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. <laughs> but you had to, you just had to have fun because. Be movie standards, ours was incredible. <laughs> good. Because you had to shoot it in camera. And what mm. that means is that there was no edit. Yes. So if you shot a scene and then you shot another scene, you had to accept that That's that one scene, scene yeah. led to the next scene. So yeah. you didn't have a chance to kind of do it again. Um, and he was very smart in how he he conceptualized it. The first thing you had to do was pick your two genres. Mm. Um, and I don't know what yours was, but we, we, once we'd created the home movie factory and set everything up and put everything together, which took months and like a million rands of this kind of season's budget. Mm -hmm. um, we, we chose to do a musical and a cop, like a, like a cop musical. Right. <laughs> And then we had to come up with the name. Mm -hmm. You come up with the name second. You mm -hmm. pick your genres first. Then you have to choose the name. Yes. You haven't made the movie yet. But you choose <laughs> the name. And so ours was called On The Beat. Nice. Right? Nice. What a great name. <laughs> and then you go out and make this ridiculous movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you must have been... 12. 12. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is hilarious. I didn't want to do the maths. I was too afraid to do the maths. Lordy. Yes. One of the days... Uh, when we were setting up the home movie factory, mm. we were in the throes of putting the whole sets together. That day was the day that it snowed. Mm. Do you remember when it snowed in Germany? I do remember that, yeah. And it was like, not just like one or two, maybe it's sleep. No, like, no, it's Like the day it properly yeah. snowed. I think we were staying in Troyville at the time and my mom and I were house sitting for someone. And I remember her waking me up and being like, it's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> it was magical. It was like they started, yeah, I remember that they were delivering some of the sets. 
like the home movie, home movie factory was mm. very much like getting going. Mm. But we met him. We met Gondry. Amazing. <laughs> so so we we the year before in 2011, we thought we have to go to Cannes. Yeah. Because we've started the cinema now. Yes. And what better place to go and try and get movies yes. than the biggest film festival in the world and the biggest film market. We realized it was very opulent, so we've never gone to Cannes since, and it yes. was rather expensive. But it was a magical adventure. Yeah. And when we were in Cannes, so was this connection, this guy that worked at the, the French Institute. And he said, I'm, I want to try and arrange to meet Gondry. Mm-hmm. And so it was lovely to meet him. Very Amazing. quiet, very timid dude. His assistant was lovely, who we dealt with more on the on the home movie factory. But it was amazing to sort of say to him that, like, we, like, a lot of your special effects and what made Gondry such an incredible filmmaker mm. and music video maker was that so much of the effects were done in camera yes. with tricks, with yes. with playing, with physical effects. It yes. wasn't cgi yes. and we we said to him we said you know we've started the cinema and it's very diy yeah and 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 a lot of these things remind us and we've even made a joke that if you we said to him if we were to ever have a cinema like if you were to ever be a cinema we'd like to think it was kind of the bioscope which is this like <laughs> <Cute>. <laughs> no in the early days we didn't even use a computer we yeah. had we had discs yeah. we had we had blu-rays yeah because because everything was on disc and so we would have like a trailer on one DVD player, the movie on another DVD player. And then we had this like analog box that you could push these big buttons yeah. to choose different inputs. I mean, it's crazy. Like you would play the one and then press this button in and it would go to the other Blu-ray yes. player. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. But it's great. It's great. And it, it's amazing to think that we, we, we did some of those mm. things in some of those ways. Yeah. But but no the bioscope, yeah it's it it was it 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 was in 2010 we opened in June 2010, and we'd realized that Johannesburg and also just general culture, like it was it was ready for something like this. Yeah. The guy I started it with, Daryl, mm. wrote his thesis. We were both we we met as buddies at Varsity. Yeah. Um, both doing film school. And he did his thesis on whether or not there was space for an independent cinema in Johannesburg. Mm. And I was just his buddy that was like, oh my God, we should do that. Yeah. And I, I didn't even read his thesis because one, it was important, but it also, it wasn't that important. We just had to do it. Do it, yeah. And whatever we do was going to be unique to us where we were in Joburg. So you can't, I mean, it was important that he did that work, but uh, when when it becomes real life, we just have to get going. And and we were introduced to uh, the developer of Mabuneng through um, uh, our friend Brad, who does Love Josie. Mm. And he was like, this is an exciting thing happening in town and people are going downtown and they're doing all cool things. And, mm. and, it, was, and it was cool to start. It was cool yeah. to get going. It was cool to make it permanent. And we realized that someone was going to do it. Mm. It was it was just on the cusp of that boutique experience. It was just on the cusp of like people wanting an artisanal product. Yeah. So like in and around the same time that the bioscope started, I held a, a craft beer in my hand, yeah. like a South African craft beer, yeah. which was exciting. Mm. People forget how exciting that was. 
because this was a beer that wasn't a castle. It wasn't a black label. Yes. <laughs> it tasted like a home-cooked meal. It wasn't fast food. It mm. was like, it was this hearty step vice and it was South African and it looked different. It was bright yellow mm. and like, and, and you could tell that we were at the start of something exciting. We, people were da- going downtown for fresh produce and yes. well-made artisanal clothes. And, and so it made sense that the way someone experiences cinema should be different in Joburg. Well, there should be another helping. There should mm. be a different helping. Yes. To this day, we still can't afford or also haven't looked to raise the money to have the expensive digital system that you get at a Sturkinical to play those kinds of movies mm. because we're different. Yeah. You know, we can screen the old Top Gun when the new one comes out. Because yeah. when you, <laughs> when the new Top Gun comes out, you kind of want to watch that in IMAX. You should watch that in IMAX. Yeah. And so we always knew that we could fit in a different way. We mm. could be at a different table. We could screen documentaries mm. on like, and some of the most successful films we've ever screened at the Bioscope were a documentary about an important topic at that important at that important time. Yes. Like there was a really great fracking documentary about the Karoo. Yes. And I'll never forget that did well. There was one about Aranya. Yeah. You know, this crazy town that we sort of forget still exists Culty. where <laughs> you know, where they you know, they don't allow black people in. It's, you know, yeah, it's like it's so weird. So so, so when the documentary rolls around And they have like, their own currency as well, which is also quite interesting. Yeah, which what yeah. they can only trade amongst themselves. Exactly. <laughs> Wild. Bizarre. And so when those kinds of things happen or, or <laughs> uh, you know, we can react and, and, and screen and, uh, interesting films in a way and we can, we can have film festivals and we can work with the embassies and, and then now more and more private hire. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we'll keep, I mean, we'll keep chatting about the Bioscope as we go. But, yeah. but the brief history was, was, yeah, it was born out of that kind of thesis it's born out of this kind of exciting timing around Mabuneng. Yes. And and it was just, yeah, born out of this exciting time where it was like this needed to happen. Joburg needed this. Mm. You know, where you sit in car seats. And it's, yeah. And I feel like with with the kind of culture that is, especially in Joburg, that's so, I find a lot of my friends are like so driven by alcohol. It's like, Okay, what are we gonna do? We're gonna go hang out. Let's go get a beer. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and let's go sit in a pub and the same bar. It's nice to have spaces for entertainment that doesn't just revolve around drinking. You know. Yeah, but on that note, when <clears throat> we opened, it was r- quite unique mm. to have a beer and watch a movie. Like yes. Stir Kinnikors and New Metros. Um, you could argue it's very smart of them, but mm. they they don't focus on twenty and thirty year olds. Yes, they they either hit you as kids, yes, or as a more sort of older retiree going to watch like a art house film. Yeah. So obviously the other ones happen and they still get them, but they don't focus on that market because that market is starting a family, working real hard yeah. at setting up their careers. And also in bars drinking. Yes. <laughs> so t- it's a tough crowd to reach. Yeah. And, and we as the bioscope, we're like, we're going straight for that crowd. Exactly. And that's so smart. And it's so nice. Like my friends that come to the bioscope, are, they love it. You know, they're like, this is cool. This is rad. <laughs> like, yeah. No, we, if, we, we've often <clears throat> thought that if it had another, if it had a slogan, the slogan mm. would be something different. Like yeah. something different to do on a night out. You, yeah. Like this, this. Friday, people are going to come in bathrobes and drink white Russians. It's like I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs> but um, 
But now we've got you in your other job now as well. So now yes. you're also working at the video store. And I'm happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What what can you watch? You should watch Severance. Yes. I think you'll really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, there's Cha Cha Real Smooth. Yes. Which is also such a great name for Cha-Cha a Cha Cha Real Smooth. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and I'm going to watch Alice in Borderland. Borderland, yeah. Alice in Borderland. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. On that note, we'll uh, we'll 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 see you again real soon. Yes, I'll be back. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. What a lovely chat. <laughs> it it was very it was very cool to to just talk more about the bioscope. It's always great to reflect on on everything. So I really appreciated her asking that and and us being able to have that chat. Uh, welcome to the Cash Up. This is our chance to uh, right some wrongs, balance the books, make sure all the money is is in the till before we cash up for the night, or before we go home and and um, and turn off the lights. Uh, so the number one thing there is uh, Cooper Rafe. I don't know how you pronounce his surname. It's Rafe, R A I F F. He's the young writer and director who made Cha Cha Real Smooth. I think he was in his early 20s, if I'm not mistaken, at, at sort of 24, 25. So that's super exciting. And it's it's going to be cool to see what kind of stuff um, he can make from here. Um, but really one of those movies that sort of sucker punched me a bit. Like we we, we watch a lot, but that, that one was really great. Um, and in case uh, it wasn't clear, that, that film is on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, so obviously you need a subscription for that, but... Apple TV Plus is yeah, it's I must say it's 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 getting better and better, and um, and there's some really cool stuff there. Um, oh, I came up with one more um, funny Japanese band name that I remember us seeing. Uh, there was one called The Chef Cooks Me. <laughs> All right, uh, my name is Russell. Uh, well, thank you for tuning into the video store. This episode featured Marigold Petros. Um, you can check her out over on Instagram and perhaps get a tattoo from her at some point. Or if you are in Joburg and visit the Bioscope, there's a good chance she'll be hosting and managing the the, the screenings. Um, she is delightful. And uh, go to the video store.co.za. Uh, give us a little follow on Instagram. We are the video store pod. And uh, let's have a little chatsy over on Facebook. We are facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the video store. Uh, feel free to post stuff of, of other great shows and TV and um, other great uh, films. And let's have a little chat over there. Cool. We will see you next week.